Hey, and welcome to the Pathway Church Podcast. We're so glad you're here to join us. We hope that this podcast inspires you to live life both for God and your city. Make sure to subscribe to stay up to date with all of our most recent episodes. And remember to leave us a five-star rating. Enjoy the message. Today I want to talk to you as we start this message series. We're starting a new message series called Best Life, Blessed Life. And as we start today, I want to talk to you about walking in blessings. The reason I want to talk to you about this is because so many of us, we know that as followers of Christ, when we accept Jesus, we receive eternal life. But it feels to me like there's a lot of Christians that they've been saved. God's changed their heart, their life positionally. They're made right with God, but it doesn't look like they're walking in the abundant life that God has called us to. It looks like we're, some of us are sucking on a bowl of lemons. And you know, here's what I think. I think that when we come to know Jesus, that not only should our name be written in the Lamb's book of life, but we ought to be bringing a little bit of heaven into earth in the way that we live around people. And with so many things that are going on in this world, let me just say the church ought to be a difference maker in the community. That the love, the joy, and the peace that comes from following God ought to be manifest in our lives. That's not saying that everything's perfect because you all, by, by now you know life is a grinder and it can be really challenging, but Listen, for us that are followers of Jesus Christ, greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. And so let's let that show up. So today I want us to move from eternal life into talking about the abundant life that God, that Jesus said that he came to bring. We'll be talking about walking in blessings. Go with me to Genesis chapter 12. I'm going to read the first two verses uh, there about God's conversation with Abraham. This is what he said. The Lord has said to Abraham, leave your native country, your relatives and your father's family and go to the land that I will show you. I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you and make you famous and you will be a blessing to others. Here's my definition for the blessed life today. The blessed life is that God blesses us so that we can bless others. God blesses us so that we can bless others. Say that with me. God blesses us so that we can bless others. I don't want us to see ourselves as we ask for God to bless us like we live on a cul-de-sac at the end of the street where God's blessings come to us and we just try and amass any blessing we get. But I want us to see ourselves more as like a highway of holiness, that God's blessings come through us. They come through us. Or like this light. Aren't you thankful for light in, in here? We've had, you know, we, we preached in the dark before because the power went out. And those are always memorable days. But you know what? I don't want to walk through a strange place with the lights out. I'm thankful for the light. I, I, I'm, I want to be more like a conduit that other people can enjoy the light because God's power, his blessings through, flow through my life. That's what I'm talking about today. The, the, the blessed life. And if we want to walk in blessings, how many of you know that in order to walk, you really, it's most convenient if you have two legs. If you want to walk in the blessings of God, you need two legs. The first leg you need is you need the leg of generosity. And the second leg you need is the leg of stewardship. The leg of stewardship. Now think about that. If that's the case, what would it be like if God blessed us with generosity, but then we weren't functioning in stewardship? Or what if we flowed well in stewardship, 
but then we weren't functioning in generosity. It's not really how God has it set up for us to do. That's not his real plan. Now, each one of us are probably biased towards one of those characteristics, one of those values more than the other. And I think it's probably a natural gift. I know there are spiritual gifts of generosity. People have a gift of giving. There are people that have the gift of giving. I mean, when you are around these people, you know you can never stop givers from giving. Givers are gonna give. In fact, listen, this is how it is at Pathway Church. I really can't stop you from giving. All I can do is to stop you from feeling like this is a good place to give. You know, like I wanna plant seed in the soil, but being truthful, I wanna plant seed where I know it's gonna grow because I don't like just to plant seed for no reason. I wanna see harvest happen. And, and so some of us would just give. Some of you, if you are absolutely broke and you have absolutely nothing at all to your name and someone is in need, you will give the very last shirt that you have off of your back to give. And that's a wonderful thing, except I think that there's something more because God wants to help us to be able to give in all, in all ways, not only from a place of lack. God blessed the church of Macedonia that gave. They were the poorest of all churches, yet they were the most generous of all churches. However, it's a wonderful thing when we are able to steward our resources so that we can flow in generosity. In fact, I would say, if you don't have the two legs of blessing, generosity and stewardship, it's like walking with one foot nailed to the ground. Um, that would kind of be like this, just like a nice pivot, you know, which is a whole lot better than what LeBron James does, you know. I mean, he'll take like five steps, right? I didn't travel there, but I'm going nowhere if I have the gift of generosity, but I don't have the gift of stewardship. Or if I have the gift of stewardship, but I don't have the gift of generosity. I, I, I want us to always be willing to talk about generosity, but especially on a day where we have so many graduates, you're starting out in life, the first day you step on campus, there's gonna be somebody that promises you a free beach towel if you'll sign up for a credit card. They are gonna teach you what to do with your money. And I'm saying that there is a better path. And, and there's probably some folks here that learned that the hard way. You're digging out from some debt you incurred when you didn't know any better. We wanna get down into that just a little bit today. Your best blessed life is two legs walking in cooperation in a blessed life. Not, not just a blessed wallet, not just a blessed 401k, you know, not just a blessed investment strategy, but a blessed life where they both come in together. So it's two legs, generosity and stewardship. Now, I'm gonna tell a story of my daughter and she rolled her eyes. Okay, so typically five bucks if I talk about one of the kids in, I'll give you 10 today, okay? <laughs> Y'all say help her Lord. So, when the pandemic happened, Courtney got down into a little Instagram business that she started. And she was doing what was called Happy Thrifts, H-A-P-P-I-E Thrifts. And she got like 5,000 followers or so on 3,000, 4,000, whatever it is. I don't know how many followers. It was a good bit. Anyway, she's, she's going to Goodwill, buying all of these thrifted clothes and then she's packaging them like the Gilmore Girls uh, set and she's doing Instagram reels and all of that and she's selling them. She's mailing these things all over the place. I mean, like all over the planet. 
And so I sat down with her. I said, Courtney, let, let's get a business plan together. Let me help you put some organization on this. And so we got the Excel spreadsheet out. We started working on it. And I said, okay, so you need 50% gross profit on anything that you sell if you're going to kind of keep this thing going. So let's take a look. You know, she had the spreadsheet and she had some shoes there. I said, so um, how much did you get these shoes for? She said, $7. I said, okay, so you need to sell them for at least 14 bucks so that you have the right profit. That's about right. And I said, okay, so what, did you, what are you going to sell them for? She said, I sold them for $70. And I was like, okay, all right. So I'm just going to go to my room, you know. Well, that was exciting to see. That she had the ability to produce that. And, you know, she's the hustler as far as that goes. I mean, she had a little lemonade stand when she was a kid, like a lot of other kids. And you're working all of those things. Well, I'm really glad for it, except for one problem, that I have made a deal with all of our kids that whatever they saved for a car, I was going to match. And I started getting real nervous. I started getting really nervous. And uh, so I think about that. I thought, well, that's, that's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. The ability to produce, pretty awesome. There's another young man in the church. He's just been out of Pathway Students for just a short amount of time. And I won't share his name with you um, today, but he has not been out of students for very long, just a couple, three years. And so he has a job that he's working and he has a business that he's working and hustling, working real hard. And uh, so one Monday morning, I get a report that there was a gift that came in. It was a, it was a nice gift. And because of who it was, then, you know, I get this report and I said, here, look, I need his phone number. So I'm in the car and I'm driving and I called him and I said, hey, I heard about what you did on Sunday. And it's just so incredible, the generosity that you had. And he said, well, you know, I've been working and, and I have been a, God has blessed me so much through Pathway. In Pathway students, people have been giving of themselves, volunteering, serving. And, you know, I've volunteered. There are things that I do. But I just felt like at this point in my life, it was my turn to do something. Like, this is a step up moment for me. And I said, but that's amazing what you did. He said, well, you know, I, I worked enough where I felt like I could do this and still keep my head above the water. So it was a substantial gift for him. In fact, for this young man, barely out of Pathway students, he gave $20,000 that he earned. It wasn't given to him by his parents or by anybody else. Like he was out hustling before his job and after his job to make that happen. Not only did he have the ability to create, but he had also said he had saved and what he was giving, he would still be able to keep his head above water. That's encouraging to me. And you know what I'm thinking? As a father in the house, and, and how many of you love your Pathway Church? Pathway has been a blessing and you've been, you know. And, and sometimes you wonder, what's going on with the young people? You know, are they gonna be able to carry the ball like us? Let me tell you something. Pathway students, Pathway young people, these young adults at Pathway that God is doing some incredible things in their life. Listen, they are ready for the handoff. They are ready for the handoff. I think we ought to give our young people a great big hand clap. And I wanna honor you. Thank you for creating a space where our people, our kids, our teenagers, our young adults 
are stepping into the slot there to, to carry what you've been carrying. So what a wonderful thing. You know, I think one of the reasons that God is blessing this young man like this is because he's a river, not a reservoir. You know, he's a, a conduit. He's allowing God to use him. And here's what I believe. I believe that if, if we will show ourselves to be someone that God can get his blessings through, then he'll get his blessings to us. That, that's, that's my hope. Freely we have received. It's what the Bible says. So freely, let's give. And let me tell you something about this exchange that we have with God. You can't outgive God. You can't do it. His shovel is a whole lot bigger than the little spoon that you have. I just thank the Lord for that today. Listen, there are a lot of us here today that are generous. But we may struggle with managing what it is the Lord's given us. And I don't want to just talk to you today about being generous. But I want to talk to you about allowing God to help you do the really challenging work of triaging your resources. You know, what you'll find out in life is you never can have enough. There's always something more that you want. And the more isn't what you can buy with your money. It's something else. I like what the disciples said, the apostles said. They, they said, silver and gold have I none, but what I have I give to you. Let me tell you, our relationship with the Lord is the most valuable thing that we have. Our relationship with our family and the people that are closest to us are the most beautiful, precious things that God has given us. Nobody ever gets to the end of their life and is wishing that they had accumulated a little bit more. It's something else. Listen, I've been with so many people in their most difficult moments. It's always something else. It's a little more time to be with people they love or they want to fix something that they left undone. Be careful that you're not propping your ladder up on the wrong wall. And let's allow God to help us to work on both of these legs, generosity and on stewardship. And I believe this, I believe that God blesses us supernaturally when, when we give and he blesses us supernaturally when we get our money in order as well. Okay, so that was the first thing I want to talk to you about, to you about the two legs of a blessed life. I also want to answer the question or talk about why do we talk about money in the church? Because there's always somebody that gets nervous about giving. Now I tell pastors all the time, don't be afraid to talk about money. It, it encourages your givers in the church to know that they aren't carrying this ball by themselves and it blesses the people that haven't discovered what stewardship and generosity does for God, for the church, and for their own life. But why do we talk about money in the church. Well, we, if we don't talk about money in the church, they're going to talk to us when we show up on campus for the first time. And they're, they're already sending, sending credit card applications to more than one of my children. You aren't careful. You'll get a credit card application for your dog at your house in the mail. They, they will talk to you about it in your Instagram ads. They're going to talk to you about this stuff all over the place. You know what? 
school and the neighborhood kids are going to talk to you about relationships and sexuality and all kinds of things. Listen, if we don't talk about these things in the church, we're making a big mistake. Because what better place to be formed and shaped in the way that we handle our money than in the house of the Lord and, and, in, and in his work. So the Bible has a lot to say about money, actually. In the Old Testament, did you know that in the Old Testament that every time that people came to worship, every single time that you see people going to worship in the Old Testament, they're also bringing an offering. They're also bringing money. And it wasn't, you know, like a pastor or a deacon or a committee that came up with the idea of tithing. Like that's a system that God put in place. Well, pastor, pastor, that, that was, you know, in the law. Actually, the tithe was established before the law was established. It was in the Old Testament and it was also in the New Testament. In fact, it's in the, the tithe is eight, or yeah, tithing is mentioned eight times in the New Testament. And Jesus in uh, Matthew chapter 23, verse 23, he says this, he says, you ought to tithe. Now he also says other things with that. He said, but you ought not to neglect the weightier things, you know, like love, you know, but loving doesn't, then cancel out what Jesus said about how that we ought to tithe. We ought to tithe. But Jesus says it, that's good. That's good enough, you know, really for, for me. You know, Jesus shares 38 parables in the New Testament and 16 of those parables about money. He's talking about it because our lives are consumed with money. And what keeps you awake at night? Does money keep anybody awake at night? Has anybody ever had a month that was longer than your money? <laughs> you go, where do these bills come from? You know, I dropped off a rental car this week and somebody called me from the rental car company that I stood in line like an hour for for the last rental car in, in that town. And when I dropped it off at the airport, I rode in there, I drove in normal. And then when I'm sitting on the airplane, I get a phone call and they say, uh, Mr. Johnson, we're just calling to let you know that we found a nail in the tire and so we're gonna hold your deposit. I said, I'm about to get off this plane and come back and find you. <laughs> Why was that bothersome to me? Because they're trying to take my money. I don't want them to take my money. I said, look, I tried to hand the keys to you there and y'all were too busy to take care of it. I turned it, I didn't come in. The, is the rim busted? Because I just drove on this thing. I, no, there was a time, you know what? It was probably when you weren't looking, somebody went and shoved a nail in there because I didn't do it and you're not taking my money. And then I immediately called over and you know, started working my way to the, I won't name the place, to their and said, hey, somebody's over here trying to take my money. Why? Because money matters. And if money doesn't matter to you, then I think we have some volunteers to be glad to take it off your hands. Anybody? Anybody, right? So Jesus talked about it because those things that we think about, Jesus also used lots of agricultural um, analogies and illustrations and talks about sheep and shepherds because that's what the people were down in. So we're gonna talk about money and scripture talks about money. You know, when Jesus was given all of these parables about money, was Jesus trying to get their money? You know what he's really trying to get? The heart. 
In Matthew chapter 6, verse 21, Jesus says, wherever your treasure is, that's where your heart is. So if you want to know what someone loves, go look in the checkbook and you can see what we love. You can see what's important to it. I'm not saying that in a shaming way, but let me tell you, one of the things that's important to us is our kids. Apparently, one of the things that's important to us is a dog, which, you know, domesticated dogs, do you really understand what they're for? Because they don't lay eggs, they don't produce milk. You just feed them, you know, and then you take them to the vet every, every now and then. We had a dog eat a whole thing of potpourri one time. Next time, I'm just going to say, let the dog die. Just let the dog die. Sorry, baby. It was that old dog. We don't have that dog anymore. I don't even like that dog. This dog, we would never do that to. But you know, the dog's important to us. How many of you are, have a dog? You have a dog. Goldfish. We got hawk Goats. Hey, when the pandemic was starting to hit, I told Kelly, I said, people are making a run on the grocery stores. We need to go, you need to go get some groceries. And she said, I don't have time for it today. I said, don't worry about it. Because we had goats, we had goats in the backyard. I don't worry about getting groceries. You got a bunch of groceries walking around in the backyard. She's like, I'm going to the grocery store right now. <laughs> it's on her mind. And the, the things that we give our money and our time to, that's what's important. And so Jesus says, wherever your treasure is, whatever you spend your money on, that's what's important to you. Now, notice when he says that, it doesn't say wherever your heart is, that's where your treasure is. A lot of people think I'm gonna put my money where my heart is. Here, the reality is there are things that we choose to be important. And so we put our money into that and you notice when we do, then suddenly our heart comes alive. Let me tell you this, I'm a tither. I give to the church. And you know what? I protect the church because my heart is in the church. You know, usually people that badmouth churches all the time, those people usually don't, their heart isn't all the way there. And a lot of times the money isn't there. Because here's what I've learned. People that drill holes in boats, they didn't really participate in building the boat. And, and so I try and take care of it. Our kids go to Faith Academy. We love Faith Academy. Hey, it's important to us. We put money there. <laughs> and we're about to put money into a college. And you know what? I will want to speak life into those places. I want to encourage them. I want to see them get better. Jesus says, if you invest in the kingdom of God, then your heart will be in the kingdom of God. So I would just say, don't give where your heart is in it. Instead, give and your heart will follow your money. Now, can I do some pastor, you know, complaining about church stuff thing for a minute? Is that cool? like National Enquirer kind of stuff. You know what I hate? I hate going to a church that apologizes about talking about money. In fact, I was at a church not too long ago. In fact, uh, Pastor Freddie over at Foley Campus and Pastor Andrick here uh, were with me at a church. And I kid you not, the giving envelopes were about that big and about that wide. It's like enough room for two quarters to fit in. And I thought, well, that's just too small of an envelope. I'm going, I want our envelopes to be big enough for a business check, you know? Or what about this? When a pastor says, in just a minute, the baskets are going to come through. And when they do, then, you know, go ahead and place your tithe and offering in. Oh, by the way, if you're a guest here, this giving is just for our members. 
right there, what you, hear, what you hear there is that maybe that pastor sees that giving is an inconvenience rather than giving is a blessing and a part of a generous life. Let, let's, let's, put, let's change this up a little bit. Hey, in just a minute, we're gonna sing and we're gonna worship the Lord, but this is just for our members. If you're a first time guest here, don't sing. Or in just a moment, we're gonna pray but this is just for the members. No, listen, here's what I know is that when we pray and seek God, God is going to minister to us. And when we lift up our voices and sing, then God is going to minister to us. And if you're sitting close to me, you're going to have to deal with my voice. There's a reason that I don't say, you know, some pastors that get up, Pastor Jensen Franklin, he'll get up and he'll lead people in worship and he'll play the saxophone. But you know what you're not going to hear me do? You're not going to hear me sing. I'll say, hey, Pastor Kyle, won't you sing that again? because I make a joyful noise for the Lord on the first row without a microphone. But you know what? I am blessed when I worship, when I sing, and I'm blessed when I pray. And you know what? I'm blessed when I give. And I want everybody to give. I want everybody to be blessed. And in some places, people will use money for control. Like, pastor, if the church doesn't do it this way, then I'm not going to give. Now, let me say this. It's not a sideways way of me getting a pathway. Pathway, you are a generous church. You, and not only are you a generous church, but you're also a church that has a great deal of respect for the house of the Lord and for the ministry of the church. You bless your pastors all the time. And I will never be able to say thank you for that enough. But listen, if somebody says, well, if you don't do this and I'm, I'm not going to give or you need my money to advance the church. Well, no, no, we don't. No, we don't. Because the Lord will build his church. Well, that's not what you said when we were building that building. You needed my money then. No, that's the Lord's building and you were giving his money. Think about this. Did somebody start to clap? Go, go ahead. Go ahead. That's a good, right? Uh, okay, so we said this about singing and we said this about prayer, but what about last week when we were dedicating children to the Lord? What did we say? These children not do, do not belong to us. We are stewarding these children. God, you gave us these children and we give them back to you. We dedicate them back to you. That's how it is for our house, our car, our resources, our talents. That's why we want you to serve. Listen, serve a service, serve in a service, hospitality in the cafe, in kids, in students, and attend a service. Because God will bless you when you do that. And our time, our resources belong to the Lord. Okay. And then lastly, I want to talk to you about being a blessing. I want you to go with me to Genesis chapter 12 one more time. Let's read it again. The Lord had said to Abram, Leave your native country, your relatives, and your father's family, and go to the land that I will show you. I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you and make you famous, and you will be a blessing to others. Maybe about 15 years ago or so, there was a man by the name of Bruce Wilkinson that wrote a book. You may remember this, The Prayer of Jabez. Go to First Chronicles chapter 4 and verse 19. Here's what this scripture says. There was a man named Jabez who was more honorable than any of his brothers. His mother named him Jabez because his birth had been so painful. His name literally meant pain. So this is, this is how he was, uh, came into the world. Now that's really great uh, if you're playing football. You're bringing the pain, right? It's not good in the maternity ward though. He was the one, so... 
I like how this starts off. They're saying, oh, this is the guy that, like we've talked about this guy. He was the one who prayed to the God of Israel, oh, that you would bless me and expand my territory. Please be with me in all that I do and keep me from all trouble and pain. And God granted him his request. So in looking at Abraham, looking at Jabez, and we could do this all day in the scriptures, is it wrong to pray to be blessed? Because there's a lot of us that feel like it's, you know, our job to kind of be like really lowly and, you know, like a poverty mindset. And, you know, you can have money and have a poverty mindset and you can have no money and have a poverty mindset and you could be poor as all get out and have a mindset of growth and expansion and faith, right? There is nothing holy about being poor in the mouth. How you doing? Oh, I've had better days. Man, I'm about to, you know, like Eeyore walking around, your tail's about to fall off. Is, is, it, is it wrong? Is it wrong to pray to be blessed? No, it's not. Why did God bless Abraham or Abram? He blessed him to be a blessing. Why did Jabez say he wanted to be blessed? Because he wanted to be a blessing to others. It almost sounds like he's saying, I brought pain to my mom and I want to be a blessing to everyone that's around me. It's really interesting too. This passage says that he was the most honorable among his brothers. And let me, let me just tell you right there, you need to make yourself a target for God to bless. You need to cooperate with him. If you're uncooperative with the Lord, it's, if you're uncooperative with people, you're not going to have a lot of friends. But if you are friendly, then you will have friends. And, and so Jabez really made himself blessable. Now, I do want to say this. I don't want anybody here in this room to be more blessed than what you can handle. Because we see in the Old Testament that the children of Israel would, be, would repent, then they would be blessed, and then they would think that they were responsible for the blessing. They would forget God, worship other gods, then God would correct them, and then they'd be like, oh Lord, help us. And then they would repent, they would turn back to God. It was just a cycle over and over. So here's my prayer. God, won't you bless us, but don't bless us one bit more than what we can handle. Let me tell you one thing that's hard for me to see is when God blesses people, they start a business or they start something, that blessing then leads them away from the Lord. Like you used to see them in church, but now that they have extra resources, then they're not in church. Listen, all of us have been in the pit somewhere. Have you been in a place where you ask God to touch you and minister to you? Was it a cancer diagnosis? Was it a hurricane? Was it a challenge? Was it a financial need that you had? God, if you would just help me, we really begin to lean into God. Listen, I just want to say this. I would rather be in that place. I would rather be in a pit with Jesus than on a mountaintop without Jesus. If our blessings bless others and we remember who is the one who blessed us. And I pray that God would just pour out his blessings on his people so that we could be gr greater instruments in his hands. Not that we need to be like anybody else, but just where we are with the gifts that we have, starting where we are, using what we have, doing what we can, and that God would bless us in his place. Is it wrong for you to think about your future? Is it unholy for you to think about buying a house or having enough money to go to college? 
Or you maybe have some kids that are going to get married and you're thinking, how am I going to save that money? Is it, is it wrong to want more resources for that? Or you have a business dream and you're thinking, I need some cash so I can get this thing up and going. Are you in that place? If you're in that place, is that unholy for you to do? No, it is not. It is not. You know, even Proverbs 31 talks about how that uh, a virtuous woman will find a field and buy it and works hard. It's not unrighteous. Don't fall for that trap. In fact, here's what I would say. Whatever it is that the Lord gives you to do, do it as unto the Lord and with all of your might. Not unto men, but as unto God. Amen. Let me say this. And thank you. At restaurants, I have determined that this is going to be a place where I'm going to demonstrate a greater blessing. I've just determined in my heart, I'm not saying you have to do it, but in my heart, I'm never going to give less than 20% because I want to bless that person. You know, Jameson Creel, one of our great missionaries here, he was my roommate in college and his granddad pastored Pathway Church for years, 27 years. And Jameson and I, we went to college together. We were both in one another's weddings and we also waited tables at the same restaurant while we were working our way through college. And so we would close out this restaurant in Chattanooga and then you're all wound up from waiting tables. Anybody wait tables before? Anybody? You're all wound up. You got to go home and go to sleep. I couldn't do it. So we'd go to Waffle House with a bunch of the other waiters, other servers. And we're there at Waffle House and this late, you know, Jameson ordered his hash browns with cheese on it, you know, smothered, covered, chunk, diced, something like that. And which makes me want some, and peppered, put that on there too. Jalapeno is really good. This lady forgot the cheese. And Jameson said, uh, you forgot my cheese. I was like, oh no, this is not good. I could tell she was already upset. She barehanded the cheese and came over and put it on his hash browns and, and looked at her like, what you going to do? 20%. I was like, Jameson, just shut up and eat the food. Just eat the food. <laughs> it's tough work. It's tough work. 20%. And the reason that I do that is one, because I love the Lord and I want to be generous. And two is because I know what it's like to wait tables. I know what it's like to walk in on a Friday night and go, I need to hit this amount in tips so that I can pay my rent for this next month. And I've just determined that that's a place that I want to be generous. And I remember Kelly and I having to take food off the checkout counter and going and putting it back because we didn't have enough money in the bank to pay for whatever that was. Has anybody ever been there? I remember when I would put the brakes on in my car that had more Bondo than it had metal after it rained and watched the water come from the trunk up underneath my feet. I remember that. Let me just say, God has been good to us. He's been good to us. And I, I think this is what I want to say today to all of us, because you understand how blessed we all are. Do you know where we've been born? Do you know where we live? Do you know the opportunities that we have? Do you know the savior that we found? 
Do you not see the radical abundance of the Lord that's in every single one of our lives? And so if we have been given so much by the Lord, maybe a little more grace when we're dealing with people that are going through some difficult things or are difficult, or when we're difficult, that we can have a little more grace for the people around us and be quick to recognize when we went a little bit too far. I mean, cannot we be people that walk in the blessings of God, stewarding our moments well and stewarding our generosity well? that we plan for it, that we do it when we're not planning and we do it when we're planning. We hope you've been blessed by this week's podcast. Make sure to subscribe to stay up to date with all of our most recent episodes and visit pathwaychurch.us give. We'll see you next week.